Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. We thank you for your word that is coming forth anointed and blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Exodus 13 verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. Praise the Lord. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of the hand the Lord brought you out from this place, there shall no living bread be eaten. Now, if you jump to verse number 11, it says clearly there that, and it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the mattress, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children shall thou redeem. Praise the Lord. And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What is this that thou shalt say unto him? By strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out from Egypt from the house of bondage. Praise the Lord. Is it powerful? And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix, being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeem. Praise the Lord. Is it powerful? Please take your seat. We are dealing with the covenant of first fruit. So straight away, this is the people of God on their way to the promised land. And certain things have happened in Egypt. Pharaoh wouldn't let them go. So God decides that what will break the back of Pharaoh is to kill all the firstborns in Egypt, both man and animal. 
their firstborns were killed. And so, when that was done, Pharaoh now said, I'll let you go. So you see clearly that in the issue of the people of God, when they were in bondage in Egypt, the Bible makes us understand that what really pushed Pharaoh to allow them to go was a killing of the firstborn, both of what? Man and what? Beast. Is it clear? Then Moses in verse number three is saying that remember this day in which ye came out of, from Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So Egypt was known spiritually. There it was physical. But to us it's spiritual. That it was the house of bondage. So what is the type or what is the typological significance of Egypt to us in the New Testament. Egypt represents the world that God took his children from into the promised land that represents his kingdom of light. So Egypt is a representation of darkness or the world or bondage and the promised land he took them to it's a representation of the kingdom of light and of freedom. You get it? So, God took them from the world, being secular, being um, natural, to a place that he had promised them into his light. In our modern term, we talk about the fact that he has saved us from our sin, which is bondage into the kingdom of his light, which is the kingdom of God. So you are born again. So which people are we talking about? We are talking about God's children. Which people are we talking about? Are we talking about the Egyptians? Are we talking about the Philistines? The Hittites? Jebusite? Amorite? Are we talking about all these other nations? Which people are we talking about? God's children. That point should be made. That when it comes to the covenant issues, we are not talking about unbelievers. All covenant in Christendom does not address unbelievers. The covenant is a particular unique relationship God has designed to have with his own children, covenant children, not others. So here, God killed all the firstborns in Egypt so that he will save his own firstborn. Somebody say exchange. So he said that Israel is my firstborn. And if you are holding my firstborn, I will kill your firstborn. And when God killed the firstborns of Egypt, Pharaoh released God's firstborn. That tells me that everything first died except that which was God's first. Everything firstborn in Egypt of man 
and animals was killed. The only thing firstborn that didn't die was God's children who were firstborn to God. And God said, because everything firstborn has been killed because of you, now you remain to be mine. Is it clear? So every firstborn that remains belongs to God. Pharaoh doesn't have a firstborn. Egypt doesn't have a firstborn. The only firstborn remaining is God's firstborn. And that is one of the reasons why the firstborn belongs to God. Both of man and of animals. Animals representing the work of your hands. Praise the Lord. If this is okay, we can close church. So you can see that in the issue of the first fruit, God is not suggesting to the Israelite to bring it if they want. It's not a free will offering. He's actually commanding them, instructing them through their leader that bring the first fruit that is mine. You yourself, you are my first fruit. This is the first level. Tell somebody this is a basic level. Now tell somebody it's foundational level. Beautiful. So, in the ensuing issue, you see Moses telling them that God delivered you out of his power. You didn't deliver yourself. So, since you are his firstborn and he delivered you out of his own power, out of his own strength, from bondage, you owe your life to him as his firstborn. And anything that comes out of this firstborn also belongs to God. Because in the first place, he saved you to serve him. And so, the first fruit coming out of you and whatever you have is for him because he has spent his power, his nature, to save you. Jesus came here to spend his blood to save you and I. And so, we have become his own. Praise the Lord. In fact, when you read Deuteronomy, it says that 26, the last about three verses, it says that you have avouched for God to be your God, and God has also vowed to be your father. It's a covenant relationship. Praise the Lord. But I'm taking it easy because when it comes to the first fruit, understanding and revelation is necessary. Praise the Lord. Is what? Whatever you don't understand, you struggle to do. So we know that the first child, firstborn, belongs to God. Because he saved them by killing the firstborn of the world. I can repeat it forever. Then again, we see Moses saying that, Sanctify, verse 2. 
God and the Lord spake unto Moses. So, who is talking to Moses? Verse 1. It's one of the easiest scriptures you can memorize. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, <laughs> It can be a memory verse for you. When you have a lazy brain, this is a very nice one. And the Lord said unto me, because you know that God spoke many things to Moses. Is that also? So you just locate Exodus chapter 13, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, and then you can say, This is my favorite scripture. So let's do business. Who is speaking here? He's speaking to Moses. And what did God say? God said, sanctify unto me what? All the firstborn. Whatsoever opened the matrix, whatsoever opened the womb. You see, he used matrix when you are going down. But here, he used the womb just to let you know that. He was talking about whatever opens the womb for, for man and animal, and then for the work of their hands. Whatsoever opened the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. It is what? Is it clear? Is there any confusion there? I'm taking my time. Because, you see, any covenant that will bring you blessings will also have controversy. And the controversy is what can deny you of the blessing. Because most people who, who are not strong in faith follow the path of the controversy as the path of the truth. I'm saying something. We call them, sometimes it's out of immaturity. Sometimes it's out of ignorance. Sometimes it's just lack of faith. And maybe the worst case scenario is out of foolishness. That's worst case scenario. When said to destroy your life. It's a Greek and Arabic I have mixed this morning. So why is it that we have a God who blesses and people struggle with the blessing? Is because God is a covenant-keeping God and man struggles to keep the covenant most of the time. So while God is ready to pour the blessing, or in most cases, the blessings have been poured already, man struggles to get the blessing because Fulfilling man's part of the covenant puts you in a good condition to receive what God has released as part of his bargain of the covenant. So God, it's like when you are paid by hour, you are paid on an hourly basis. So the money, you see, the money has been automated to flow as long as you are working, two of us. So normally, if you go to a place like England and uh, someone is working and is paid on an hourly basis, 
If you ask them to give you a direction, they will pull a map in the older olden times. They will pull a map and say, okay, this is where you are. You pass it, you pass it, you pass it. You find that in there. Here, we are not really paid like practically on an hourly basis. So the person can say, okay, me jai me jumana. You know, but there they are paid on an hourly basis. So if you don't clock in the hours, you don't get paid. So he doesn't have the luxury of time to leave that time and go and show you because he will be losing money. So you can go to work and sit and not work and you won't be paid. That's how sometimes the covenant flows. God's side is always flowing. But if you decide that you become a tom-tom for people, you'll see that the money is flowing, other people are getting it. But because you are going to escort somebody and be a navigation machine, others will be paid and you will not be paid even though the money has been flowing. That's why people will not leave their place of work. They are working, you are talking to them, they don't mind you. They don't have time for people because I'm paid on an hourly basis. But here people can go to work and play dummy. Draft, we call it. And still expect some pay. No, that there is productivity must be very, very high. They calculate it, work and time. So all of us are children of God. We are in a covenant with God. But not everybody is receiving the flow of the hourly pay. Why? Because not everybody is on the job like upholding the part of the covenant. And when it comes to these things there, God is never partial. He's always righteous. The laborer is worthy of his hire. God will always be righteous. So Moses is saying that the first fruit, God is saying through Moses that, bring it because it is mine. Something that God says is his can never be yours. And why is he saying it's mine? Because he delivered them out of Egypt with his own resources, power. Brought them through. That's number one. That's why he's claiming them being the first fruit that is mine. And anything that is yours that comes out first, you must give it to me to honor me. Are we clear on that point? Number two. <laughs> this is just deliverance. So. And because of deliverance, God is claiming. Then number two. Second reason why God is claiming the first fruit is because of the promised land. It's because of what? So first point is what? Deliverance. Second point is because of what? Provision or promise. Are we, are we going gradually? After this, I believe the Holy Spirit will help you to understand this because you need to be able to conceptualize it like there should be a picture in your mind why this is so. So here we jump to verse 11 and we see that, and it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanite. 
as he swore unto thee and to thy fathers, and shall give it thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. The males shall be what? And every firstling of an ass, thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among their children shall thou redeem. Now, let's read down, because I need to throw more light. And it shall be when the son, thy son ask thee, ask thee in time to come, saying, What is this that thou shalt say unto him by strength of the hand the Lord brought us from Egypt, from the house of bondage. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land, both of the firstborn of man and of the beast. Therefore, I sacrifice. You see, the reason why I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix, being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeem, is because... Of the deliverance of the Lord. Praise the Lord. So here. You see that. The deliverance is one of the reasons. Verse 11 is saying that. God promised them a land. In verse 11. God promised them a land. To their fathers. And he gave the land he promised to their fathers, to them in their own time. When he brought them out of Egypt, he gave them the land. If you read Deuteronomy 26, they did a recital. And that recital is, I am from a man who was almost at the point of death. And God saved me, brought me to this land. So the blessings of the land, the first one belongs to God. So because the Lord is the one who gave them that land and blessed that land with milk and water, honey. And mind you that this land was taken from at least seven nations and given to the people of God. That originally is not yes. God took it from seven nations. You and gave it to them. That is to say that in the first place, they were not deserving of the land. The Lord promised them because they had not done anything to warrant the giving of the land to them. God gave it to them just because they were his firstborn children. Nothing they had done. So if you read Psalm 44 verse 2 and 3, watch it carefully. It says that, how thou, okay, let's start from verse 1. Oh God, we have heard it with our own ears. Our ancestors have told us of all you did in their day, in the days long ago. It's like I'm telling a modern day story, is that not so? You drove out the pagan nations by your power and gave all the land to our ancestors. 
you crushed their enemies and set our ancestors what? Free. Nice. Is it clear? Verse 3, watch it. They did not conquer the land. He's making reference to their ancestors. They did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strong arm that gave them victory. It was your right hand and strong arm. And the blinding light from your face that helped them for you loved them. Beautiful. Next verse in Paul, we can also read that one if you so wish. So because of that, you are my king and my God. You command victories for Israel. It didn't say they fight for victories. You command. Beautiful. So did they buy the land? Did they fight for the land? The land was given to them, willed to them. God cleared the enemies on the land and gave it to the ancestors and gave it to them. Can we go back to our Exodus? 13.11 Moses is speaking to them that this land, this land, and it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanite. Land of which people? So God is making them landlords. That he swore to your fathers and shall give it to you. You see, the fathers in both, they were in the right standing with God. And God swore to bless them. But the people who really, really stood with God, they were not even alive to see the fulfillment of the promise. They didn't see it. So when they entered the land, verse 12 is saying that, now as you enter the land, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the metris, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. So he's saying that the fruit of that land God gave you, everything that appears there first, it's not yours. Why? Because the land is not yours. The land belongs to God. And he just gave it to you. The original landlord still there. This land has been given to you on a lease. 100 year lease. If you want renewal. Anytime something first appears on this land, it belongs to the original owner. Is this one very difficult for us to understand? As for the Bible, there we have to break it down so that there's no controversy. So you farm, and the farm brings out produce the first portion. In Deuteronomy, he said, put it in a basket and bring it to God. And when you go, some of you, your villages, don't they practice that kind of a thing? Do they not send it to the church? Oh, 
Because he came to meet the land. And the land belongs to a spirit. How do you chop the first fruit of a land that belongs to a spirit? Through your mouth. Don't, are you not afraid? <laughs> spirit food. Spirit money. Where your boss media? Where your media? Hey. It's nice. So, it says that because the land was given to you by God, every first produce from that land belongs to God. In summary, for the second point, we are saying that the land was promised as a provision to them. So, the produce from that provision belongs to God, the first one. So, let's put it in context. First point is deliverance. God saved you as an unbeliever into his kingdom. Second point, he's giving you promises as a child of God. And those promises give you job, gives you marriage, gives you money, gives you this, that, that, that. So, he's saying in our own context that when I give you a job, Except you believe the job, no, you got it yourself. But if I give you the job, the first pay from that, I mean the first salary, the first month. You see, because when we go into details, you will know that when God was saying first fruit, he was not talking about the fact that you are paid two weeks or weekly. So the very first week is what you give to God. When it comes to first fruit, you give the whole. God gave me a job and the first salary, first one month salary, you don't pay tithe there. The first salary, you give it to God. I'm telling you, if it is difficult for you, that is between you and God. But I, my job is to tell you the truth. Number two, you are in a job. Maybe you are a secretary. Now they promote you and make you one step ahead. Or they make you a manager. Are you seeing that you are in a new level? Are you seeing that there's a scripture that says that promotion does not come from the east or west? Promotion cometh from the Lord. Have you seen that scripture before? Go and look for that scripture. Every year will be better than the year before. That this new level of promotion is coming with new devils. That the only way you'll be secured from the new devils from the new level is to give the first salary of that new level to God. Then he's in charge. Then the land is blessed forever. When we start a new year, you receive your first salary in the year. How can you chop? That 2020 we are going into, is it your year? Did you bring it to pass? Do you know that when they were crossing the Red, the, 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 the red Sea, not everybody crossed. 
The Pharaoh and his squad, did they not die in the middle of that thing? Sitting on horses and chariots, they died. People walking on foot crossed. You, Kai. How people driving died and people walking didn't die. It's a mystery. And God has made you cross this rest year of 2019 into 2020. How can you even have the boldness and the confidence to spend the first salary of that year? Where's your insurance? So, the 2020 is the land God has given you. It's a new land. And in our calendar, you see, when you are reading that um, Exodus 13, it tells you about um, verse number four or five there, but it talks about the month Abib. Maybe it's April in our time or something like that. That's the time God sent them out of Egypt. And that month, he said, mark it and, and celebrate it all the time. That 2020, it is God that made me cross 31st, 2019 to 2020. I cannot spend the January is the first fruit of the 12 months. Is that not so? So the whole of the first fruit of that January, the fruit of that January, the whole, the whole of that January, the whole belongs to God. Not 10%, not half. The whole. Why? Because provision-wise, first of all, the deliverance to cross from 19 to 20 was from the Lord. Two, it is the Lord. Do you see the Bible said this is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord made the year and put you in. Like he put them in the promised land. And the first month, you give your first fruit unto God. Whether it is all the money in World Bank. Whether it is whatever. Once God gave you that first month as your salary or your earnings or all your increase in that month, you give it to God. And it's a position of covenant driven by faith. If it is not by faith, it will be difficult for you to do. So why is pastor teaching this now? For some reasons. If you read verse 12, he has already said, Lesuka Labata, give the first to me. Because it shall be the Lord. It shall be what? So the first fruit belongs to who? Verse 2. Sometimes when people see apostrophe and something, they, they be, behave as if they don't know it's possessive. The, why, 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 why are marks celebrating letters? D mark S. So what does that one mean? So, so that one is possessive. It means that everything we are saying belongs to the person we are talking about. He said, I don't understand. 
Okay, verse 2 will help you understand. Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast. Is there any apostrophe there? It is mine. Very clear. <laughs> no ambiguity. Clear. Verse 13. <laughs> and <laughs> redeem every firstborn of an ass with a lamb. Why? Because the ass is unclean. So you use the lamb to redeem. And here he's talking about Christ who used himself to redeem us Gentiles on the altar of God as a lamb of God. Is it clear? So we don't see Christ in the Old Testament. But this is Christ. So anything that is unclean is, and is first, it must be redeemed by something that God has already defined as clean. Praise the Lord. So, redeem with a lamb, and if thou will not redeem it. So, your job, 2020, is the ass. It's not clean. Why is it not clean? Because God has not sanctified it. Verse 2, sanctify unto me all the firstborn. So when you come to Romans, it says that the first fruit sanctified the whole of the production of the dough or of the tree. That is, the first always sanctifies the rest. And let me say that one of the reasons why most firstborns fail is because people don't dedicate them to the Lord. The firstborn is not yours. Hannah took Samuel into the temple and had plenty of children. And we don't hear disaster. But that's for another day. So, that verse 13. If you don't redeem the first fruit, what happens? I'm not saying it. This is Bible. You see, today I've taken you to the basis, like the foundation upon which it is built. If thou will not redeem the first fruit, then, then, then. So there is a choice. You can choose to redeem because he has brought if. You can choose to redeem or you can choose not to redeem. So he said, if you make a choice to redeem, you do it with a lamb. That's why we bring the salary. He said, the salary, no, it is very transactionary. And it's clean. You do it with a lamb. But if you will not do it, you are still going to do something. And if you will not redeem it, then this is for you. Let's see the scripture. Big the hole. And if thou will not, okay, let's read it together so that it will not be like Pastor is reading it for me. Can you see? Shall we read together? 
Are you angry with me? No, let me find out first because it's good to make sure that we are good friends. All right. If what? Thou will not redeem it, then thou shalt break his what? Neck. If you will not redeem... Okay, so 2020 is the ass. Am I going there? Is the ass God has given you in the promised land. And you redeem that ass by giving January increase unto God. Because that is the first. So when you give your January increase unto God... You have redeemed the whole ass, the wombo, all the other children it will give birth to February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Am I taking my time? Ah, <clears throat> to December. But if you will not redeem this ass called 2020, then you, no God, Making a choice not to redeem it, you know. You break the neck. That that decision means that spiritually, we boo, we boo, afinukom, we boo You are a wrestler, and you have broken the neck of the year. That's chopping that salary in January that belongs to the spirit means that you are on your own. And I think that when a pastor, by the grace of God, is playing this morning, we are all playing, uh, is able to explain this covenant to you, it is even a blessing in the first place. So. <laughs> If you will not redeem it, like you have a business, you get a first month earning from it, and it's a startup, that is something you offer to. If you are not doing that, you are breaking the neck of that business. It won't survive. See that the, the child is not or the animal, or the, the business, is not functioning well. Because what's your color neck? Neck color, your friend. Color, color. Neck color. You can imagine when somebody is pregnant and is pushing with a, a, a neck color. How? So, some people unknowingly lose all the other offsprings that could have come from that ass called 2020 or that business or that position of promotion. All the other things that could come in. They lose it because they do not redeem that position, that year, that business. Are you following now? Yes. 
It's powerful. So as for first fruit there, it is so powerful. And people have testimonies here who have been engaging in the first fruit. Testimonies unlimited. Even when you think something has gone wrong, it has still gone right because you are a practitioner of first fruit. So this morning, that's a little I decided to share with you that you break the neck and read verse 14. Let's do verse 14. And it shall be when thy son, you see, when you are doing all these things, you are teaching your generations to continue in the blessing. Because first of all, you have to understand that the promise was not given to these people. It was given to their fathers. And their fathers passed it on to them. And that's why they were in a privileged position to be in the promised land. Receiving the benefit of a promise, they were not the first direct people to receive. Are you, are you following? Yes, Grandpa. Grandpa. Grandpa, and it's come to you. You don't have to break the chain. So when your children come and ask you, verse 14, watch it all. Because some people are sometimes like careless kakra. When it has to do with extending a generational blessing, they just think about themselves now. They don't think about the next generation. So he's saying that, and it shall be when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, what is this? That is your son has seen you practicing it and he's asking you, what is this? That thou shalt say unto him, by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. Next verse. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice it. I'm doing this because of what the Lord did. It is even the reason why I gave birth to you. Because if I had not been practicing this, I would have broken the neck of my womb. And you wouldn't have been born. So you are here because of this covenant practice. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix. Be males that all the firstborn of my children I redeem. So the reason why I can pay your school fees is because of this covenant. Tell somebody, January is not for spending. And in fact... You see, October is our month of covenant because, and it is strategic. It is because knowing this, I mean, and there are many things to know, but this is just basics. It's enough. Knowing this as being part of our practice of faith, you will find out that when you come to January and you are spending your January salary, how do you feel? You see, you become very sad that you have broken the neck of the whole year. 
Is that not so? So you know that that year, why am I even going to work when spiritually no must say here? So you see that even when you are praying, you are praying, that thing is affecting you. Because you know that Abu Awe would you know? I fear we would know I then. You can only chew the meat, the carcass. But you are not going to get a new animal. And you see that for every farmer, whether it's a poultry farmer or a dairy farmer, it is the produce of the things you are rearing that gives you profit. Like the eggs of the birds. That's where, that is where you get your profit from. Is that not so? So if you have cows, your profit comes from the milk, it comes from the other cows, the animals. So, so by faith, you see, we are faith people. We are what? So when the year comes and you know that, oh, I've eaten the January, maybe school fees, maybe whatever. I mean, for legitimate reasons, you will be there oh, if you come for morning flavor and we are praying. God release a blessing. Where is it going to come from? Is it God who is going to burn for us? So you'll be praying that pastor start a series on mercy. Part one, part two, and restoration. But I'm telling you that next year, 2020, I'm not teaching anything on mercy. That the mercy to teach is what I'm teaching now. So I'm taking time to teach this first fruit at least this October. And one of the reasons is one, to, to no, don't punish your destiny in 2020. Number two, it should give you the sense of responsibility and agency to make plans three months to January to know that in January you will not have salary. And to a large extent, you will go through February without a salary. So, reduce your spending in October. November, December. Hello. Reduce the chicken chewing. The bag you can buy in March. Don't buy it now. Save. So that when January comes, you can gladly take your first fruit and bring it to God. Secure the year. And not feel bad. Because now that you know. Then you don't do. Then you know what is coming. Then you, your life will be bizarre. It's like, oh, bad. Sorry, Christ. It's like, I didn't cry me. I'm a bad baby. Because I didn't ask you in him. I don't know if I'm being, I'm being, am I being real? Or I'm, I'm just hiding around the corner. People think faith is ad, ad hoc. You know, people are more spontaneous. You know, they just ride on like um, 
um, adrenaline, you know, because most that's what the Bible talks about zeal without knowledge. You know, because you are zealous, it's, oh, I will do it, I will do it. But you get there and find out that the foundation to, to, to build on is not there. Because you blew everything without planning for it. So you plan, you actually plan to execute your faith. Well, it is, gen- is it not general salary that sustains you in February until you are paid? So you are going like two months on divine oxygen. So there should be between now and December you should bring out all your faith for favor. God should bless you through different channels. And when they are coming plenty, don't be chopping plenty. Plan, look, this, this thing here. This thing here. This thing, oh, it's called divine wisdom. It's inside some coconut here. That is what, when people who don't do first fruit are blowing chicken, goat, Another. Know that the way your own destiny operates is different from that one. So just do strategic word spending. Mm. 2020, you will see the prosperity of the Lord in your life. That amen didn't come out at all. You have been listening to the Testimony Word Broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168. Or 0277-532-360. Join us on Sundays at 7 a.m. for the first service, 9.30 a.m. for the second service, and 11.30 a.m. for the third service. On Wednesdays at 6 p.m. for our midweek and communion service. And on Saturdays at 6.30 a.m. for our morning flavor prayer services. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.